All right, guys, welcome back into another PGA DFS video. My name is Eric Paulzine. Going to be getting to the Travelers Championship here for you guys. Going to give you guys that course preview, the top picks in each price point tier. Going to be highlighting the core plays as they come. Then we're going to be showing you guys a first look build. As you guys know, last week was a pretty fun week. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick core play outright bet hit. That's our 10th winner of the season. It's been an okay year outright wise. Uh, typically speaking, it's a little bit higher than that. But hey, it's been a weird kind of year where... Um, some golfers that seem like they're going to win, like Bo Hosler, uh, Shane Lowry, uh, a bunch of other guys where they just kind of choke down the stretch with like incredibly terrible shots, like shots that shouldn't happen for PGA Tour players. And with like just missing out on Billy Horschel two weeks ago and then the Wyndham Clark first round leader bet where, you know, we're just like a click off of hitting them, that Matt Fitzpatrick win felt so good. And I feel like that's a good example of like why Sunjay M was a good play as well. Both those two players, you could arguably say that they should have been like $1,000 more expensive on DraftKings, okay? So with that, it's like it doesn't make sense to fade someone when they are the correct play, you know, both top 10 plays. You just kind of have to play them. And I think that's why we saw Sunjay M's ownership so high. And even looking at the ownership leverage tool that 9 to 5 has, he wasn't like overly owned. He was properly owned. So that kind of just tells us, hey, if a guy is high owned, that's the correct play, you know, you just kind of roll with it. And the thing with like Sunjay is, and like Mito and Shane Lowry, these guys did have a slight weather disadvantage. And obviously that led to them missing the cut. T65, if you give them that, it was like a shot and a half a disadvantage. If you give them even like a half a stroke or a stroke there, they're obviously making the cut there. So, you know, it is sometimes those little things, but that led to the cut being, um, or the cut sweat being like six for six was like 1%. Uh, five out of six was like nine or 10% in some contests. Uh, the norm was three out of six. So there was a lot of nine to five members that were able to cash with three out of six across the cut line. And I was just talking about like doing the correct process. That's what that was. You just stick to the guys that are the correct plays. It's going to reward you in the long term. And that's what we're seeing, guys. It's been a nice, solid stretch for like really, I don't want to say the whole season, but really the whole season, but the past four months, it's just like these correct decisions that we make each week are really starting to add up where, um, you know, you can cash with three out of six across the cut line when you're doing things correctly. Same thing two weeks ago where it, it was a cut sweat like or cash sweat, but it still adds up to being able to cash. And that's really what the theme has been. It's like, you know, we're having these weeks in which they're good enough to cash in. Um, and then also they're good enough to, you know, take down a GPP. The player pool last week was, it was interesting. So I break it down to core plays, high exposure plays, mid-tier plays, low exposure plays, and lower exposure plays. It was the mid-tier was all right, and the low exposure plays kind of sucked. Other than that, though, we had a bunch of players in the top 10. Basically, every well, top 12, I think it was. Everyone that was in the top 12 besides, like, Will Zalatoris and Scotty Scheffler were in the 9-to-5 player pool. Obviously, the reason I wasn't on, like, Scotty Scheffler and Zalatoris was, well, for Zalatoris, it was I thought Hideki had just as much upside. I thought um, Patrick Hanley, Xander Shoffley had just as much upside and were safer. Um, and then Joaquin Neiman as well. Safer. Thought he had just as much upside as well. Um, for Xander and Joaquin Neiman, they really just had one bad round. Xander had one bad nine. That's kind of how it goes. And that's kind of always my approach. I'm always going to go with safety and upside, going to be targeting that. And then with Sky Scheffler, I just liked Rory. I liked John Rahm a little bit more. We saw that come through. Um, so overall, you know, fun week, fun to cheer for. Um, very interesting showdown wise. And then I'll get into the picks here. Um, showdown wise, uh, First and second round were okay. They're like push weeks or push days. Third round was my best round, which typically speaking, it's exactly the other way around. So it's just kind of interesting. There was showdown. Thought I would note that that 
Uh, the first round and second round were, you know, push days. And then round three was the best, which typically not speaking. Typically it's like round one or round two, two are going to be really good. And round three and round four are not going to be very good. So just thought I would note that kind of interesting there. Um, but I do have an update here for you guys. I'm kind of excited for the update that I'm going to show you in a little bit here at nine to five sports. It's just an updated look at one of the day sheets. I'm trying to see if people like it. So if you guys like it a little bit more than what I originally had, let me know. It, it's, I'm trying to make it more simple, but at the same time, people might not like it. So I'm just trying to test it out before I really fully launch it to see if people like it. So let's get into it, guys. I'm excited. Let's go. So what I'm going to start off by showing you guys, kind of just make these videos a little bit quicker, is I want to be looking at, I, I want to be looking at the last four years, but we're looking at the last three years here at this tournament. Um, just to see how it played out. So Harris English, DJ, Ches Review were the past three winners. But what were the key stats? What were the winning score and whatnot? This is what I always look at. This is the tool where I get it from. So the average cut line has been 2.7 you know, under par. That's the cut line. It's okay. Kind of a normal scoring track. And we kind of see that. So it's going to be a normal to easy scoring event. Um, I think that might just depend on the weather. Let's see here. No, not really. Just might depend on how they have the course set up. Uh, winning score, the average winning score is going to be about 16 under par. Okay. So if you're doing props, you can kind of use that to your knowledge. Um, so with the key stats, the key stats that I'm looking for, and I try to break this down as simple as, pro as possible. You guys know what I try to do. I try to make everything as simple as possible for you guys. Um, so what we're looking at, we want to be looking at, hey, what kind of scoring is it? Is it going to be like a bogey avoidance type of thing? That's why we're looking at birdie to bogey ratio, or is it going to be birdie or better percentage where you just have to be scoring? Well, we do see typically speaking that golfers that struggle to make birdies are always less likely to make the cut. That's what this is showing us. But to play well, you have to be really strong in birdie to bogey ratio. And since it's not like a hard scoring event, I'm going to be looking at birdie to bogey ratio. Like I always try to see like, is it a good drive percentage or driving distance type course? We do see a little bit more of a good drive percentage there. Makes sense because it is a shorter track. It's a par 70 course and the, the yard is very short. So with it being a par 70 course, it's no surprise. That's something like par four scoring is sticking out as something that you need to be successful at to score here. So key stat wise, we're going to be looking at par four scoring for sure. Birdie to bogey ratio for sure. Those are two things I really want to be looking at. And then from there, um, I do want to point out like stroke skin approach. If you're struggling in that, you're not going to be doing well. Um, stroke skin putting was kind of popping up there a little bit for winners more than it typically does. So I don't mind looking at stroke skin putting as well. You know, those are going to be some of the key stats that we're looking at. And then, you know, always kind of looking at stroke skin total and then that effect of scoring that nine to five only stat. So with that, let's get into the update for nine to five sports. Let me zoom it out here a little bit. So this is kind of the view. I, I try to make it as simple as possible, but you know, it's got the fancy little hover tabs there, you know, fun stuff there. Um, but really what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make it simple, easy to follow. I mean, the old one is very easy to follow. I think um, it's color coordinated for you guys to, you know, kind of be able to tell what is going on, but some people just want a simplistic view. So that's what I'm going for here. Okay. Uh, you know, we got the course history tab. So players that have the best course history at this event are going to be Roy McIlroy, Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Cantley. Now, Tommy Fleetwood only has one start. Rory has two starts. And then Patrick Cantley, three starts. 
three starts of top 15 or better or four starts of top 15 or better. That's spectacular. But I got something like Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson is kind of the theme of this week where we're going to be getting some good values. You know, average finish of 18.3. That is really good there from Zach Johnson. We look at something like Jason Day. Jason Day, same thing. 10th, 46th, 8th, 12th, you know, decent play. But like, is there really a huge difference from ZJ to Jason Day? Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Brennan Todd, you know, he's played well at this course. Sam Burns, 13th, 24th. 43rd you know good stuff there Brooks Kepka he's not in it he uh he went to live so I you know I didn't want to touch about live golf but you know we'll just do it real quick so the U.S. Open and the RBC Canadian Open really every tournament this year except for a few tournaments have been super fun they've been great like you could say the U.S. Open this last week was the best major we have had since Tiger win the Masters I'm not even going to bring up Phil anymore with the PGA Championship I thought that was cool I thought that was a great sports moment but he kind of ruined it the thing with this is it's like we get these great tournaments, these fun tournaments that are fun to watch, all these golfers firing off. And if they're going to be in different tours across the world on different weeks, you know, the buildup of events is not going to be as fun, but that's the thing. It's like the PGA tour. I know it was a USGA event, but PGA tour events, they have that buildup. They have that cut line. They have the storylines. A lot of people were complaining about NBC's coverage of the U S open but it ended up being like the best major we've had. So like at the same time, it's like they're doing it correctly. They know what they're doing. It's just something just interesting there. There's, these no cut events where these guys that obviously they're not as good anymore. Um, it's just not appealing. And it's not good for the game of golf. And that's, that's really what gets me like what's going on is not good for the game of golf. It's as simple as that. And that's why I don't want to say I'm against it, but that's where I'm like struggling to get behind it is because it's not good for the game of golf. It's really bad. Personally, I think it's really bad, uh, but I don't think there's any argument to say it's going to be good for the game of golf. It's just not. So didn't want to inject my opinions to you guys. I'm sorry, but um, just kind of, he made me mad with his press conference that he had this past week at the U S open saying, Oh, I'm really getting sick of these questions. It's, it's because we know what you're doing, Brooks. You're a freaking open book. We know who you are. <laughs> like you're going to be going to the live tour. And what's funny is that he was like frustrated about the reporter saying that like, no, you're not mad at the reporters, Brooks. You're mad at live golf. You're mad at Greg Norman because they purposely scheduled their events like this to hijack the U S open to hijack the media coverage of the U S open. That's why they did Brooks. So you're no, you're not mad at the reporters. You're mad at live golf. You're mad at Greg Norman. So don't, don't even give us that shit. You know, like that just really bothered me. Okay. We're done with that. We're done with that. I got out of the way kind of early here. Let's get into it a little bit more. Brian Harmon. <laughs> Great segue. Brian Harmon, man, he's been frustrating as well uh, in DFS because he he's a great play a lot of weeks, and then he'll just burn you. And this is like the perfect spot for him to burn us this week. So 8.6, like, I want to pay up for him. He's going to be a good play. You know, ninth best in course history. If we take out that missed cut there, he's at a fifth, eighth, and sixth. So really good stuff there from Brian Harmon. Uh, maybe we could chalk that missed cut up to COVID year too. You know, whatever. And then going from there, Hank LeBiota actually played pretty well here as well. So, you know, we got that. Let's get into recent form. Who is in the best recent form? Well, it's Rory once again, followed by Scotty Scheffler. Um, you know, it's close. It's close. Recent form average over the past 10 weeks, we can see, you know, Rory just a little bit better over the last five. Rory just a little bit better. And that's because Scotty just has like these one-off events where he doesn't produce. Um, but, you know, good stuff there from Rory. Good stuff there from Scotty. JT. Keegan's surprisingly popping up there over the last 10 starts. He ranks fifth in recent form rank. That is really good there. We can see seventh, uh, 37th, 48th, second, seventh. You know, he's been playing some good golf. That's not a big surprise. 
Uh, for someone like Sam Burns, his issue is just missing cuts just randomly. He is that high upside guy that we like to see, and he's going to be a decent play this week. Davis Riley, sixth in recent form rank over the past 10 weeks. That is really shocking. And then some players were like, even though they missed the cut, like Harold Varner, Sanjay M, Tony Finau, they're still ranking out pretty well in recent form rank as well. Let's get into the stat fit. And let me know if you guys like this a little bit better because I'm trying to give you guys the information you need to succeed here to kind of give you all the information you want without making it too busy on the videos and whatnot. Um, if you do like it, just you know, let me know. So this is kind of a little bit of a different view because like, let's say you want to look at different stats rather than the stats I'm pulling in, or you want to add in a different stat, which brings up another thing, guys. So the reason why this video is coming out on Tuesday morning instead of uh, Monday night is the PGA Tour has not updated their data um, from the US Open, which kind of makes sense. It's not their event. So they're having to pull in the data from US Open. Um, seems to be a little bit of a handoff issue going on there. Um, but you know these players, and hopefully it gets updated this week before tournament start, all the data is like from the last week, which should be fine. Um, but that is something where I typically like to wait until we have all the information before like making betting picks, before making DFS picks. And we're just not going to have that this week is what it seems like. So, you know, just be careful with that. I just wanted to let you guys know that uh, this is subject to change and really can be like a small difference here. Like JT could go from being the first stat rank play to being like the fourth. And, you know, maybe someone else gets rated out a little bit better. Like those little things do matter. Will Zalatoris, little putt, missing on 18, that matters. That's golf. These little slight adjustments here and there, that adds up, that matters, okay? Um, but just looking at some of the good stat fits here, and this is going off of the key stats. The key stats are going to be total driving, ball striking, effective birdie to booger ratio, stroke skin approach, and then I always look at effective scoring and stroke skin total. Uh, but looking at that, we can kind of see uh, who we're going to be targeting. So I have it sorted by stat rank average, stat rank total, there's other stats not factoring in there, but the players that are going to be the best stat fits are going to be Harold Varner, JT, Joaquin Neiman, uh, Tony Finau, Mito Piera, Sam Burns, Keegan Bradley, Sanjay M, Jordan, Rory. You know, all these guys are not really too shocking. Rory's the fourth best. Uh, we can go a little bit lower, but, you know, we kind of get a good feel of like who plays well at this tournament and then get into specialists. So this is something that I've been kind of adding on more and more as we go. I like it a lot. I hope you guys like it as well. So, just looking at it right now, I have it broken down into designer, course designer, Pete Dye course. That's what we got this week. Um, what greens do we got? We got bent greens. Where's the location? Connecticut. Length of the course is going to be short. Normal scoring event. What is the field type? Full. Weather? Fair. It's going to be fair weather. It's looking like so far. If that changes, I'll adjust that. Par. It's going to be a par 70 course. Okay. So we're factoring that all into one rating. And the reason I want to do this is because there is a little bit of merit in looking at these stats a little bit. But a lot of times people will get too carried away, like focused on like stroke scan putting on bank greens and stuff like that. Like they'll get too crazy with that or they'll get too crazy with the weather or whatnot. It's something that we want, want to look at. It is a data point that we want to look at. But at the same time, we do want to, we want to not go crazy with it. So the best specialists are going to be Rory, Sam Burns, Xander, Seamus Power popping up there. Davis Riley popping up there. Jordan Spieth, JT, Mito, Denny popping up there as well, guys. That's an interesting name. Cameron Tringali popping up there as well. Keegan, Matthew Naismith, top 20 specialist. That's that's kind of interesting to me. He's a value play once again this week. Pretty cheap price tag on him. So we can kind of get a good feel for this tournament. Um, 
So yeah, let's get into it, guys. Um, we got the cheat sheet here like we typically would. I'm going to be showing you guys a little bit of a different view, though. So I'm going to be showing you guys the player profile. The player profile is going to operate the same as it always has. Um, but I kind of want to give you guys the DraftKings view. And let me test something out. Let me test something out because I haven't tested this out yet. So let's try to highlight Sam Burns as the first player. So I want to see if this operates the same as it did um, before. And I have all that same information that you saw on the other slides, like right here, what we're looking at. Um, so click on the player, control, and then click on player profile. It pops up. Sam Burns has a player profile. That's pretty fun there. So Sam Burns, to me, in the high tier is going to be a good play for you. Is it going to be a core play? Maybe. I mean, he is kind of checking all the boxes here. Seventh in course history rank. So we look at course history rank. We can see why. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff in there, guys, um, that, we're, that we have for you. It's really what information do you guys want to see? That's why I'm trying to give you guys. So <clears throat> Sam Burns, course history average 27th. Uh, course history ranked seventh. So he's finished 13th, 24th, third. That's really good there from him. Now, if we want to look at the key stats, this is where it gets fun. So for me, I'm just going to be looking at the key stats for this week. If you guys want to look at something else, you can look at that as well. So here we go. Click off of course history. All right, I messed that up. There we go. Now we're going to click into the key stats for this week. There we go. So those are the top four key stats for this week. He's really popping up there. You can see uh, 12th in total driving, 25th in ball striking, 5th in effective birdie to bogey ratio, and 4th in strokes gain approach. You know, that's, that's pretty good. Um, we want to go further. We do have um, par 4 scoring is factored in there as well. We could look at that. So let me find par 4 scoring. If I have that in here, if not, I'll get that added in here shortly. Okay, so I don't have that in here just yet. I'll get that added in there shortly, but that is going to be a key stat for this week. Um, let's get off of that and let's go into recent form. So recent form. And what I want to see, for me, I want to look at cut percentage, cuts made. And then let's just look at kind of the last few starts. Where does he rank in last five starts? Where does he rank in last 10 and last 15? So he's made four straight cuts in a row. We like that. Um, recent form over the last 10 weeks, fifth. Recent form over the last 15 weeks, 15th rank. And then over the last five, ranks out 12. But overall, ranks out top five in the field in recent form rank. Uh, he's the second best pick in the model. And he's one of those players where sure, maybe we still can't play him in, in like cash. And that, that was another thing that I was proud of last week is that not the value plays were really good last week. Joel Damon, Matthew Naismith, um, Danny McCarthy. Um, there's one more in there, I think. And then Ryan Fox missed the cut. That was the only bad one. But the other thing I was really proud of was my feel for that mid-tier price point tier. We saw some of those players that were like really kind of intriguing. Tony Finau, Mito. Um, you could say like Neiman, you could say, I don't know, there's a bunch of players, Brooks. All those guys were like solid plays, but the only one that was checking all the boxes, the only one we felt good about as like a cash core play was Matt Fitzpatrick when we saw that come true. Um, like, so with like Sam Burns, my thoughts for him last week 
are still kind of carrying over this week where he's not exactly a safe play, not exactly someone you want to go crazy with this week too much. You know, he's, he's going to be a good play, a play that I do like, um, but not some, something to go crazy with, okay? And then specialists, we can get into specialist stuff if we want to. That's all there for you guys. Like, we're just trying to give you the most information you want as possible there. Uh, player info, we can look at. We already have all that stuff, though, right here. Uh, just trying to give you guys as much information as possible to be successful. So we'll pick up the pace here. Uh, we'll get into the next player. So the next player that I do like is going to be Patrick Hanley and Xander Shoffley. So both these guys here, I think, are going to be excellent plays. Uh, do I feel comfortable about making one of them a core play? Well, I do feel comfortable about making Patrick Canley a core play. To me, Patrick Canley is just a standout play as well. Uh, we did see that course history. The course history is good. You know, four straight top 15 finishes or better. We love that from him. Uh, recent form rank, ninth in the field, third best course history. Stat rank could be a little bit better. You know, he hasn't had the best season, I guess. And what I had to do this week, because we don't have that updated data from the PGA Tour just yet, I had to look over the last 10 weeks for the key stat data. Uh, that's kind of when we see like recent form and whatnot start to fall off a little bit is after 10, 10 starts in a row. Um, not that much, but you know, once again, it's all about adding up the little things here. So that's why I chose to look at 10 weeks or 10 tournaments. Um, but overall, Rank Style is the third best pick in the 9-5 to five mile. You know, that is really intriguing to me. Once again, I just really like um, him as a play. So we look at the key stats once again. So in total driving over the last 10 weeks, he ranks 24th in the field. Not terrible. In ball striking, he ranks out 20th in the field. You know, just top 30 in all the key stats that we're looking at. So for me, yeah, that's good enough. You know, I, I like that as well. Uh, one thing I want to look at just real quick is how many cuts has he made in a row? That is something that kind of always interests me. So recent form. Let's see here. So two cuts made in a row. That's not the best. Let's just look at his recent form, though. Kind of call that out because it's pretty good. His recent form is pretty good. All right, so we're just looking over his last five starts. So we can see, I mean, this is, oh, I clicked off of him. Darn it. Clicked off of him there. All right, so we'll get back into him. <laughs> All right, so looking at Patrick Hanley. So this is where people might be like kind of, I don't know, maybe if they don't factor in the Zarek classes, they don't like him as much, but... 14th last week and he kind of said that he didn't like that course there's some information coming out that he hadn't practiced too much um finished 14th finished top 15 third um the week before that miscut which makes sense i mean he just went and tied for a victory and then just won a tournament so typically we don't like to target players after a victory because like they're just not as mentally sharp so that miscut we can kind of just write off and if we do spectacular play i mean just tough to ignore patrick Cantley this week as well uh xander shoffley pretty simple play um just tough not to love him sure like course history rank he's getting knocked for that miscut four years ago but uh 20th place finish uh two years ago you know we like that from him um obviously he's been playing much better as of recent so we can see 15th 14th 18th 13th 5th you know good stuff there from xander shoffley uh and then getting a little bit lower 
Um, HV3 is very interesting to me. I do like HV3 a decent amount. So the fun thing about HV3 this week is that he recently apparently had a conversation with MJ, you know, he's sponsored by that brand, about going to live tour. And he, I guess, decided that he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to go there. And to me, honestly, like going to the live tour just means you're mentally tapping out. So the fact that he's not going there to me tells me that, you know, he's trying to win. He's trying to be competitive. He wants to win on the most competitive tour. He's not just looking for a paycheck. He wants to win the big ones. So that's where I like looking at HV3. You know, of course, history wise, 47, 32nd, 21st, missed cut. You know, that's pretty good. Recent form wise, missed the cut last week, 13th, 27th, 48th. Like I said, he is still top 10 in recent form rank. I do like that. I do want to point out Seamus Power as well. Seamus Power is priced up a little bit. That's what worries me. But, you know, pretty good course history. 19th place finish um, last year, 66, 36. Uh, in the years prior to that, you know, pretty strong stat fit as well. Uh, but looking at a specialist, fourth in the field, course history ranked 20th, uh, stat ranked top 20, you know, recent form ranked top 25, just a little bit too much missed cuts mixed in there for Seamus Bar, but he is a top 10 pick in the 95 miles. So for me, that's going to be tough to pass up on. And we're looking at someone like Davis Riley. So Davis Riley, I do like a decent amount as well. We can see his recent form has been pretty good there. Um, seven straight mid cuts in a row, 31st place finish at the US Open, which once again, like, Looking at Mito and Cameron Young, who are pretty much the exact same plays, it made sense to just go with uh, Davis Riley, who was a little bit cheaper. Um, after that, you know, 13th, 4th, 13th, 9th place finish. Good stuff there from him. Doesn't have any course history, but top 20 stat rank play. Ranking out really well in the model. Uh, that's because he's a good specialist, top 10 in the field. Um, obviously, good stat rank play. Great recent form. Um, Going to be tough to not play him at this price point because you can make a really strong like builds by going with players in that price point here uh mito you know i already mentioned mito was on kind of the bad side of the weather draw kind of just due for a missed cut as well um he had been a guy that had been playing such good golf um uh, you know factor in a one and a half stroke disadvantage you know that that adds up and obviously if it was a pga tour event he would have made the cut you know t65 and ties so you know i do really like mito this week recent form rank 13th in the field obviously getting knocked a little bit for that missed cut last week uh stat rank top 10 in the field really good specialist as well no course history as well you know top five pick in the 95 mile which is kind of crazy but that's kind of what happens sometimes when players don't have course history it's like what do you do with that do you knock them do you not knock them i choose to not knock them uh too much uh brian Harmon to me is a very interesting play as well i almost want to make brian Harmon a core play just because he has three straight or three out of four top 10 finishes at this tournament at this course uh, the only worry with him would be the fact that he has one missed cut mixed in there. And he also has been missing some cuts randomly uh, this season. And I guess that'd be the worry. But, you know, pretty strong recent form. So 43rd, 18th, missed cut, 34th. Uh, we could go back further than that, I guess, if we want to. Let's see. So 35th, missed cut. So. You know, he has been having some like random miscuts, but for the most part, just been a solid golfer this whole season. So for me, uh, something like Brian Harmon does make a lot of sense. He's someone that I, I do want to target this week. Um, I kind of had power as a, as a mid-tier play, 9.1. So to give you guys another one, we'll go with someone like... Uh, Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell to me is interesting. You know, two missed cuts at this tournament. That's that's our worry there with Keith Mitchell. But besides that, you know, pretty good player. Uh, you know, recent form. Four straight mid cuts in a row. Seventh, eighteenth, thirty fourth, 
uh, you know, decent stuff there from Keith Mitchell. Just not a lot, not enough to love, I guess, would be the best way to sum it up. But good enough play. Uh, it's a player that I do like. Now we're going to get into the low tier. The low tier players I do like as well. Um, Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele is very interesting to me. Uh, Brendan Steele has been playing some great golf. Okay, seven straight make cuts in a row. A 10th, 9th, 51st, 7th, 48th, 13th, 26th. You know, really strong recent form from him. Um, only race out 26 in the field, though. So if we were to look like a little bit more zoomed in there, so let's say if we want to look at the last five starts, and this is where it's both good and not good to have this um, because you can kind of lead yourself to some trap thoughts. So we can see over the last 10 or over the last five starts, he ranks out ninth in recent form rank. That's where I like to look at more of a long-term approach there as opposed to looking at too zoomed in because you might be on someone a little bit too much than you really should be. Uh, but, you know, really, really strong play, I think, from Brendan Steele. Uh, let's get off of his recent form. Uh, let's just look at key stats real quick. So over the last 10 weeks, ranks out, you know, top 30 or better in total driving, ball striking, um, birdie to bogey ratio. Uh, could be a little bit better in stroke skin approach. I guess that'd be the worry with him. Uh, let's click off of that. Let's get into course history real quick. Course history is decent. So uh, miscut, top 10, 20th or 21st place finish, and a miscut. So, you know, two out of four made cuts, but the or miscut, well, either way, two out of four miscuts and the made cuts have been, you know, top 20 finishes. So good stuff there from Brendan Steele. I think he is going to be a good enough play. So let's go down a little bit lower here. Uh, some other players that I do like, Joel Damon, a decent amount. So Joel Damon kind of mentioned um, after the U.S. Open that you know, he, his game is in a good spot. He's like mentally in a good spot as well. He thinks this tournament is going to be a great course for him. Uh, he mentioned that on um, PGA Tour Radio. We can see, you know, pretty decent recent form. Three straight make cuts in a row. Has a 70% uh, percent chance to make the cut. Obviously, the top 10 finished last week. 32nd the week before that. 63rd the week before that. You know, pretty good stuff. He does only rank out top 50 in the 9 to 5 model. That would be the worry with me is that he's not ranking out too well in the model. We're more going off of like, uh, word of mouth with him, the player, rather than going with like the data. And that's always something I don't like to do typically. Uh, CT Pan, shout out to CT Pan. Let's just give him a slow clap. CT Pan, you know, at the RBC Canadian Open, we all know he was going to win. He decided to dip out and, you know, he's like, I'm going to let the PGA Tour have this one. You know, the live golf stuff is going on. They don't need CT Pan winning the tournament. They need some of the bigger guys. They need JT. They need Rory. They need Finau. They need who else was up there? Was it Cantlay? Um, Corey Connors. They need one of those big guys to win. So he just dipped out because we all knew he was going to win the RBC Canadian Open. Decided not to play. Well, we have him back this week now. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm joking a little bit, but he was a great play. It was really unfortunate that you know there was a lot of similar plays to him that week that didn't play. Or no, there's a lot of similar plays to him that did well, that played well. And it kind of sucks that he didn't play because for the most part, he could have went to Sun Jam mode where Sun Jam, compared to all the other players that were kind of the same plays as him, he was the one that missed the cut. So that could have been CT Pan. But for the most part, it probably would have been a made cut, probably would have been a strong finish. 
Now, he does have great recent form, you know, seven straight make cuts in a row, ranks out top 20 in recent form rank. Uh, we can see just, you know, solid finishes there. Uh, 26, 53rd, 52nd, 15th, 29th. We like that. The worry with him is going to be his course history, and that's probably why he's priced this low. Miscut, miscut, 36, miscut. That's not that good, but at this price point, 7.3, a top 40 pick in the 9.5 model, I do really like that from him. I think he's going to be a good enough play. And then Charles Howell as well. Charles Howell, to me, is someone that should be a good play um, at this tournament especially at this price point. I do like him. Um, could be a little bit better in recent form. Um, could be a little bit better in the model. Top 35, that's okay. Uh, Matt Naismith, same thing, kind of with CT Pan. I know this is an extra play, but you know, a little bit poor course history, but you know, strong recent form. I do like him as a pick as well. But now we're going to get into the value plays here, guys. Um, so going lower. Smotherman is kind of interesting to me. I was a little bit shocked that he was at this price point, to be honest with you guys. Uh, doesn't have any course history. Let's get into the recent form. So I just kind of want to look at recent form average, made cuts. Let's just look at the last few starts on tour. So like good enough starts, like he's making cuts here. We like that. Doesn't really rank out too well in recent form rank, but he kind of ranks out good enough and he's a decent staff at top 30 in the field. Like that is good enough for me. Um, for a value play, all we are trying to do is going to make cut. And I think he's going to do that for us. Like this is a good enough play at this price point. And then just some other plays here that I think are going to be good enough plays just at their price point. If I like Charles Howell at his price point, then I kind of have to like Lucas Glover at 6.8. Like that's a good enough price point. Three straight make cuts in a row. We talk about a player that's typically just a smart player, typically a strong ball striker. That's going to be Lucas Glover. He has a top 20 finish and a miscut over the last four years here. That's good enough for me. Like I don't mind him as a pick there. Um, Adam Shank. Adam Shank is ranking out, you know, 42nd in the 95 model. That's not really too shocking because he's been a good player. You know, really since he made fun of his wife for wearing a lampshade, as a hat from the hotel he's been playing well that's kind of a, a joke he made on twitter i kind of called it out because he had a really strong finish that week and really since then he has been playing great golf so note to self if you're struggling with your game of golf make fun of your wife or girlfriend or whatever significant other okay that, that's the key to golf um yeah just a good enough play you know okay stat rank play okay recent form okay not really good course history though that's that's the worry with him, you know. Four straight missed cuts. That that's why he's priced down this low. Decent specialist though, thirtieth uh, in the field. So like a decent play for Adam Shank. Like good enough, but value play. What you're trying to get is a make cut, and I think he's going to give that to us as well. Uh, so just getting into one more play, Tyler Duncan. Tyler Duncan is extremely interesting to me because he is a golfer that when he's a decent specialist, that's kind of when you want to target him. Top 25 in the field. That's because this course suits his game, and that's really backed up by course history. Okay. 54th, 32nd, 43rd, 33rd place finishes there from Tyler Duncan. Obviously, we really like that from him. Uh, stat rank could be a little bit better, but 54th in the field, that kind of tells us that that's going to be good enough to make the cut. Recent form rank, 55th in the field. Once again, not that great, but that tells us that that should be good enough to make the cut. Model rank, top 40 in the field. We're getting a top 36 play or top 40 play at 6.4. That's a really good price point. To me, that's kind of worth it, especially in a week where it does seem like we do want to be targeting some of the higher tier price point plays. Tyler Duncan at this price point makes a lot of sense to me. So real quick, we're going to begin to the first look build, highlighting the core plays. And I know I didn't do as good of a job highlighting the core plays. 
in this video as I typically do. I threw a lot of information out for you guys. I know this is a longer video, so I do apologize for that. But let's get into it. All right. So getting back into the lineup tool, we'll start off with the core play. So to me, Patrick Hanley, core play. I, I don't think we can miss out on Patrick Hanley as a play uh, this week. Just a really strong play. If you want to dip down a little bit lower, you can. Um, and I'm going to say core play loosely, guys. I reserve the right to change my mind here because it. I don't want to say it's been a little bit of a, a scrambling week, but I finished up that tool for the most part. Obviously, there's some tweaks in there. And with the PGA Tour data not being like fully ready to go yet, you know, I reserve the right to change some of this stuff if, if need be, okay? So I do really like Brian Harmon as well. This kind of does seem like a trap play. Uh, right now, I'm going to treat him as a core play. But honestly, guys, he could fall to like a mid-tier play um, as the week goes on, as I get deeper into this. Same thing with like Brendan Steele. Like to me, they're, they're the right plays. Brendan Steele and Brian Harmon are the correct plays. But like over-trusting those two players makes me a little bit worried. So like CT Pan, I love as well. And then honestly, Tyler Duncan at his price point to me is just like, I don't want to pass up on that. Um, I don't, I don't think we need to because one, you can kind of go with the schedule and the missed cut. If you did that last week with the U S open, well, you got lucky because you landed up on Joel Damon, Danny McCarthy, Matthew Naismith. So you got lucky going with the scheduling and missed cut. And you, you probably had a good week because then you're affording to pay up for Xander for Patrick Hanley for Joaquin Neiman. You already had Matt Fitzpatrick in there. You already had Sanjay M mix in there. So you, you might've only had one missed cut and you're selling yourself up for success. That's kind of where scheduling a missed cut with a value play like Tyler Duncan makes a lot of sense. It's where you can get away with it. So ideally I would love to fit um, Xander into this build, but it's 200 over, you know, that's, that sucks. That would have been a great build. I would have loved that build a lot. You know, you could go with Jordan. That's fine. But I want to rebuild this a little bit to the point where we don't have to play Brian Harmon um, and to the point where I can fit in Xander. Because to me, yeah, he is also going to be a core play for me as well. I, I just trust these two. Yes, they're priced up a little bit too much. But to me, Patrick Hanley, Xander, you know, we can lock them into like a top 20 finish and potentially win. But they're going to have safety, you know, 84% chance to make the cut for Patrick Hanley. 86% chance to make the cut for Xander Shoffley. You know, these two guys are just safe and consistent every single week. So that's why I like them as plays. So instead of Brian Harmon, who do we have to go with? We could go with Denny McCarthy. I don't mind Denny McCarthy. You know, top 30 pick in the 95 mile. We could go with Keith Mitchell. I don't mind that as well. We could go a little bit more fair and balanced if we want to as well. Uh, let's see, who who can we go with instead of... I, I like Tyler Duncan. I don't want to get off of Tyler Duncan. But maybe we can move up from Brennan Steele, potentially. I mean, do we just go Lucas Glother or Smotherman instead? I mean, Smotherman has been making a ton of cuts. Let's just toss in Smotherman here and just hope that Tyler Duncan or Smotherman makes the cut. So then we're going to get off of Brent Steele to be able to afford another stud. Maybe Davis Riley. Did I just call Davis Riley a stud? I mean, I like Seamus Power, but he's a little bit too risky. I mean, that's okay. Maybe Harold Barner instead. I don't know. Like, this is a decent build. Like, not great, obviously. But, you know, this is definitely more of a GPP build. But with Xander, Patrick Hanley, C.D. Pan, we should begin to make cut. And then from Smotherman and Tyler Duncan, we're, we're really just hoping for a make cut as well. And then power, definitely more of a GPP play. You know, that, that's the worry. But I do want to point out one thing as well here real quick. Like, you could just easily make a, a quality build by going boom, boom, boom. 
And then I don't know. Let's go steal. I don't know, who, who else? Like whoever else. I don't know. I just tossed in Putnam there. Obviously, we would go with someone like um, Tyler Duncan. Uh, again, we would go with Tyler Duncan as well again here. I, this is a pretty good build. This this should be a safe build. It's a little bit risky, obviously, with targeting two guys just off of a miscut. Tyler Duncan, a little bit streaky. Seamus Power, a little bit streaky. Brendan Steele, definitely streaky. Like, this is risky. This is GPP-only build, but it does rank out really well model-wise. You know, that that's an okay build. All right, but that is all I have for you guys for this video. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed it. I know it was a little bit longer, uh, but I kind of wanted to break down the new tools. I was excited for the U.S. Open Week. I'm excited to kind of get this stuff out for you guys. Uh, and that's kind of just the 9 to 5 way. I'm always trying to make tools that are better for you guys, easier to use for you guys. Uh, and it's the best value in DFS. $10 a month gives you what you need and more to succeed. All right, that's all I have for you guys this week. If you want to join 9 to 5 Nation, please do. $10 a month, best value in PGA DFS. That's all I have for you guys. And as always, let's keep cashing.